Hi there. Welcome to Good, Great, Wonderful, a podcast that tells the stories of people who are contributing good, great and wonderful things to the world. See this as your weekly dopamine fix. I'm your host, Grace Rouvray, and I personally want you to have a better day. So here's a story. Nicola Swan has always had a soft spot for a tea mug. She found pottery later in life but was desperate to get on the wheel. A few years later, she started her business, Made With Mud, and everything was spinning along nicely. One day, a friend of a friend reached out and asked if she would make a mug for someone with Alzheimer's. They needed two handles for a little bit of extra grip support, and at that point, the only option available to them were plastic beakers or a sippy cup. So Nicola hopped on an Instagram Live and asked people what else they might need to enjoy a cup of tea. She was flooded with responses from people with hand tremors, arthritis and prosthetics. Everyone deserves dignity when enjoying their morning beverage. So Nicola Swan created a range of tea mugs called the Dignity Range. Nicola, when did you first discover pottery? Uh, well, I originally started um, doing hand and footprints in clay, you know, like little baby prints. Um, and that was about, oh, gosh, now I think it may be coming up to about 13, 14 years ago. It, I needed a little business that could move around with my husband because his job was quite transient. So um, um, I've always been crafting of some sort and I was desperate to get my hands on clay. So that was a, a really good excuse to... Uh, find a little business that would work with that. I was making more and more things and was doing less of the hand prints. And then I went and just found a little class that was one of these. It was it was full of old women, <laughs> lovely old women, and we'd just be chatting and making away. But no one was going on the wheel, and I was desperate to learn the wheel. Um, and so, uh, yeah, eventually I, I got some lessons, just a, a weekly class it was on on a wheel, uh, but I took to it really quickly. And as soon as I, I sat at the wheel, I was I was obsessed with it. And I was like, this, this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is where I feel really comfortable. So I was actually, I, I kind of closed the their hand and footprint downs we were doing a lot of work on our house and while that was happening I actually got um, a diagnosis of quite a rare and aggressive form of breast cancer so everything had to kind of stop uh, but coming out of that and fa- thankfully being told uh, there was uh, no evidence of disease I my husband then converted the garage into a studio for me so I was able to just Going, it wasn't serious to begin with. It was just spending time getting my physical and, and mental strength back up again with with clay. Which, you know, if I could do that for other people, would be incredible. That's that's been a little thought in the back of my mind as well. How I can possibly roll that out. But um, yeah, that's that's in a very quick nutshell of how the whole thing came about. We'll get to your sort of viral video that went like crazy on TikTok in a moment. But could you describe? Where did the inspiration come from for the Dignity mugs? And can you just actually describe a little bit about the range that existed when you first started doing them a few years ago? There was a few things that led up to it. There's this thing called the Purple Pound. People with disabilities want to spend money and buy things for themselves, but no one's making things for themselves. And it kind of it stuck in the back of my mind. I've also I come from a family where there's there's people with um 
it, disabilities. Like my dad had a degenerative disease and one of my brothers partially uses sticks, but mostly is in a wheelchair, as is his wife. A lot of people don't become aware of um, accessibility issues until you're confronted with it. Because of this background, because of my pottery, it was a friend of a friend had a husband who was um, who had Alzheimer's, and she really he needed to drink out of a straw, but she did not want to give him plastic beakers and and the like. She found it, you know, it wasn't something she wanted to do. And was there any way I could make a double handled mug? And that's what I had been thinking of in in the back of my mind. I wanted to make a double handled mug, but I also was aware it wasn't really for me to decide what was required so I'd been waiting for somebody I could work with so yeah at the time the only options that were out there were um sippy cups and plastic cups and so it was the the hope was to um just give that person a little bit of dignity back which is how the name came about um of dignity but with the t-e-a at the end being British obviously (laughs) but you can have coffee as well and what did that first mug look like? The mug I've got is on tailors in at the, at the middle. Uh, you can have a, a small handle, but more room for the hands to actually hold. The handles are lowered, so you, this in this particular case, a silicon lid could be added, um, so they could use a, a straw. Once I'd made that, um, and this was a couple of years ago that I started making them, and I said, "Well, I'll just I'll add them to." the mugs I normally make to make sure they're always in stock. Um, And then another friend came forward and said, actually, my dad would really like something, but he he doesn't want two handles. He wants it to be a bit more discreet. Is there something you could just add to the side of the mug? Um, And again, I was able to work with them. and, And because this one involved tremors, I found out from doing live streams and talking to people that actually adding a bit of extra weight to the mug helped. So the double-handled mug, everybody wanted light as possible. And then this one, they wanted it a bit heavier. Initially, I just added almost like a, a ledge on one side. Going forward and talking with other people, I turned that into, it's almost like a loop, a small loop on the, on the side that will rest on top of um, the second hand but it can also be used as a pinch hold then because in particular, one of the people I was making it for, they couldn't open their hand enough to hold round the mug, but they could hold with a pinch hold. So I thought that covered quite a few people. And then I just mentioned on this live stream, I said, you know, if I do a post, would you mind just um, connecting with it and just we'll see if we can get one out there that, that shows that these things are here. And there was only about seven people on that live stream, but they were like, yeah, we'll get we'll get on it. And it just seemed to boost it at the beginning enough that then it, it just went wild. Like we're talking millions of, of views. But then that brought people, new people to my live streams. So then um, I had occupational therapists in and saying, well, do you know, the one thing I ha- my residents have, difficulty with my patients is that they can only actually use one hand and they can't support it with the other hand at all so that's when I started working on how could we use support one hand again it's it's for more people coming and saying there's these plastic beakers that have a cutout um, that allow you to lift lift the cup without 
tipping your head back. Is there any way you can make that, but make it with all your extra handles and options and things? So it was all coming from people. Every time I get asked, I've just been asked again about uh, somebody who would use prosthetics and saying that they need bigger handles. Uh, but it was for a friend. Um, I always say, look, if you can get them to contact me so I can work directly with that person, because you've got to be very aware of, I can think, oh, well, this person needs that. But you ha- actually, you've got to listen to what that person actually needs. And um, that's how a whole a whole range has, has come about. But this is what's interesting, isn't it? That you can be doing something for so long and it happens to, like for so many people's stories that, They've got this business and then one thing and you never know what video it is or what post and then somehow it's you've been chosen and picked up to the and taken to the viral gods of yes. the social media world and that's the thing that kind of blows up. I mean, from your seven people on your live stream, what were you expecting versus like, you know, how overwhelming that experience was? I think I was just hoping that um, it got it got seen by a few people. It, doesn't, it didn't matter that I had about... I'd, I'd managed to get up to 20,000, which I thought was amazing. It doesn't necessarily mean that your things get seen, especially on TikTok at the minute. Most people are sat about 300 views on a post. So I was just thought if I can just, you know, break out of the, the 300 and just get a few views on it so it gets seen by people. I think I'd had one a few years before that had, had reached about 50,000. And I was like, you know, that brought in people that, that, then knew I did these double handles, and like I say, they were the double handled and the side loop were always in the shop. It was just I had to keep putting it in front of people for them to realize it was there. And to be honest, I'd forget as well, I'd start making other things and think, Oh, I must revisit that and just let people know again. Because I ended up doing another video once I'd added these extra ones in, um, and on Instagram, that's at two million views and still counting. Had maybe I, on my own, I would have thought that maybe I shouldn't have put it on every social media <laughs> at the same time. You're like, um, how much time do I actually have to do this now? And it did, it got really stressful because I was trying to answer everybody's questions and every, and still now I get so many emails and messages every single day. Like Instagram's filtering so many out, some I'm not even replying to. Um, try, I tried and it became, I was just, before I went to bed, I was, I was banging messages out. First thing I'm banging messages out because people would send me really heartfelt messages and, and how they were so thankful somebody was doing this. And I thought, I have to answer all these people. <laughs> but then I did have to just say, you know, it's just not possible. I'm just going to have to put a, a post out, which I think I need to do again at the moment, actually, because there's a lot still coming in. Yeah. I did enjoy your your videos where you do your, like I've obviously saved up all the questions or the questions that you get asked a lot and you do your little Q&A, but I love that your videos, you can tell how genuinely shocked and overwhelmed you were <laughs> from that first post. Did you sell out that first range when it happened? Yeah, it just, they all just went. So I, I'd had, like I say, I'd had mugs, some of them have been there about six months before anybody even started asking the questions, they just jumped straight on onto the shop and just bought the lot. And it, it can take up to six weeks to make a mug from scratch. And I was just like, oh, wow, I've got, I've got <laughs> what have I done? views and I have nothing to sell to anybody. <laughs> so I was just like, could you just please be patient? Begging yeah. away. People were amazing. 
but then I still have them saying, oh, you, you, it's been such a long time and, you know, you've still not put them out there. And I'm like, I did. They sold in 10 minutes and I'd I'd put 50 mugs out into the shop and in 10 minutes they're all gone. I guess, but you have such a wonderful direct relationship with your customers. Like they can reach out and say, I need this, I need this, this is my requirements. What would you say percentage-wise is doing these bespoke mugs for specific requirements or making your standard range of the two hands or the, the big lip? I've tried to make the range so it would encompass as many requirements as as possible. Like, for instance, the fact it was originally just a side support, but I've added it as a a lightweight loop that can be used in in multiple ways. So mostly people are saying, I'd really like that mug, but with these handles. And like on the last restock, I mixed them all up. So there there was just trying to cover every eventuality. There's still a lot of people come through or they're asking me what what should I buy my um my partner has this issue and I can say, well, I can only say from the feedback I've got that this helps, but the best thing to do would be to actually let them see the range that are there and, and find out which you think would work for you. Um but I, there's daily there's messages from someone saying I've got this issue and I actually most of the time I can steer them and say well I think this will help there's a couple new ones that I'm working on at the moment like one um for people with arthritis so their entire thumb can sit on top of the handle Uh, apparently that that helps but it's to to make it that it can be left and right that I'm struggling with at the minute so that's what I'm working on at the moment but that is is daily. Daily people will come to me and say, I've got this issue. Can you help with that? And there's a beautiful layer on top of the beautiful work that you're already doing, which is somebody on TikTok said that they'd love one, but they couldn't afford one. And then somebody else jumped on that and said, I'd like to buy your mug. And then this kind of picked up another trend on what was already a trend. And you've set up on your website a place where people can donate for people to have a mug if they can't afford. How has that changed your business? It it was completely, it was just coincidental. One person had said it on TikTok, oh, I'd love it, but I'm not going to be able to afford one. And then somebody direct messaged me on Instagram saying, I'm not going to need one of these, but I'd love to pay one forward. And I was like, oh my gosh, initially I had said, I don't know how I'll find these people at the moment. So I can't thank you, but I can't accept that. I didn't want this money just sat there and and then not having the, the responsibility of not knowing what to do with it. But I was able to pair the two up and I went, look, are you still okay to do this? And and this, this, I had such a lovely message back from this lady who said, do you know what? I really need this today. Uh, just the fact that because I paid the postage on it and this other person paid for the mug. She said, I can't tell you, I was at such a low ebb for you, somebody to just come out and say this and, and offer it me that's never met me. I actually think there might have been in Australia that where the money originally came from, which just shows you the reach worldwide was wild in response to that because I I got more and more messages saying I'd I'd love to pay it forward or can we donate so I I set up um this it's like a link tree so you can go on the link and find one that says um have a a dignity drink on us 
and people are donating. It doesn't have to be a whole muck. People are just donating anything. Uh, and I've had now, I think, about £450 donations. The only thing I was concerned about was the amount of work it was going to be for me to actually bring the money in and then how to take it out to people and I thought that's going to be more emails and more messages <laughs> and I'm not going to see them because I, I miss so many messages at the minute but someone again on it's just people out in social media will said have you thought of um google docs and there's a google form now that also on the link tree people can click on that and there's a, a whole bunch of questions like you know which model would be best for you and and can you cover postage or not and it's entirely I thought I'd ask that question just so the donations may be able to go a little bit further uh, and that it's a wonderful feeling I almost feel a bit of a, a fraud that I'm getting all this endorphins out of this and I don't feel like I'm actually, I've not made the donation. And I'm, I'm just kind of feel like I'm just marrying these things together. But um, a wonderful thing to come from it. But again, that's being able to interact with, with people through social media. You're allowed to have the endorphins from it. <laughs> that's so fun. It's so nice <laughs> because like you have created the scaffolding. You've created the world where people can do that. And, you know, not every, some people have the money, some people have the requirement and you have the skill to make these things that people need. So you are this like lovely conduit in the middle. I would love to know how you've had to, apart from obviously needing an assistant to help you manage all of your DMs, how have you had to upscale your business to meet this supply and demand? So I could see quite early on that I, it was going to take over everything uh, and that I wasn't going to be able to be making any of the things that I normally do, uh, which uh, I still wanted to be able to do. I still want to be able to create and not just become a factory of these dignity mugs. But the messages I was getting, it seemed really, really important that I've got to get them out there. Um and then from all those years ago, when I used to do the hand and footprints in clay, uh, I used to go to this business that was about an hour away from me and they make their own pots and figurines for pottery painting cafes. And they they get moulds made of their designs and then they put them out in the into the pottery painting cafe so I contacted them and I said I really don't want I could get it overnight in China um stoneware which is the clay that I was using and I wouldn't have to change my glazes or anything and I could get that done immediately but I really didn't want to outsource to China I wanted to keep it local if possible I immediately thought of this business so I got in touch with them it was about 800 pound for each mold to be made um, because they expire. So after like 50 pours, a new mold has to be made. So they, they have to actually make this huge thing first that then will make the mold for the molds to then make the actual piece. It was wild. Um, so I thought, well, I can do, I can afford like three of these right now. So I've, I've employed, I don't, there's a place in the UK called Stoke, which is like the heart of pottery in the UK, where they, they film the pottery throwdown and things. I don't know if you've ever seen that. <laughs> oh, it's like Bake Off, but for pottery. Yeah, I, I've, I've visualised that. Yeah, <laughs> same company. 
amazing man there as um I, I sent him some of my pieces and then he's made them these molds and this company literally just sent me a photograph of the the first run um so they're going to send me the demos and I can and check that everything's good it's still handmade but made in a different method so it's not made on a wheel um, and I can just put orders in and then I'll be able to pick them up and glaze them and then and get them out. And it's like such a huge amount of the work will have been done. Uh, and it means that I can, I'll can i have a steady turnaround of these mugs. It seems right now the demand's there. And yeah, just fingers crossed now, we're just waiting for the demos to come through, start some glaze testing, and I'll be able to supply them out through the shop regularly. Oh, that's so amazing for it to go from strength to strength to strength to well employing more people essentially a little bit yeah what other type of items that you make for yourself that you like to use is it mugs is it plates is it bowls what are the things that you like to make to keep mugs has always been the thing it's an affordable way of having like a little bit of art that you can use every single day and appreciate i do like functional pottery um i make things for myself like if i looked around the room now i'd see vases and jars and things that i've made um but i i really love pottery that can be used every day so i tend to make a lot of things like butter keepers um all, all things with with a, a functional use. I've kind of drifted off into this thing of at the minute because it's it was wonderful but extremely stressful <laughs> couple of months to just deal with the whole viral situation but make something come out of it. And I've got this little miniature pottery wheel now that I'm starting to do on location because I, I I've managed to get a battery work it with a battery pack so. I'm just going out to little landmarks and throwing things on a miniature pottery wheel aside of uh, working on like the the dignity range. But I think that's going to keep, as people keep coming to me and saying, actually, I would really love to be able to make um, a lot. A lot of it seems to be people's grandparents and like that are quite embarrassed to use a sippy cup or a baby cup because even the, they're not usually designed for. Um, an adult to use as people keep coming to me and saying can is there any way that you can do it like this and um I think it will just keep hopefully we'll keep coming up I'll keep coming up with ideas and, and working with people and making new designs that's so wonderful I love what you're doing and I also love the mugs I think they're absolutely beautiful especially the glaze and the colors and everything I'll pop a link um to them in the show notes thank you so much for talking to me today Nicola You're very welcome. This podcast is made on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. Thank you so much for listening. If you know a great story, a wonderful person, or just a good old fact that you think we should cover, jump into our DMs and let us know. Good Great Wonderful is produced and hosted by me, Grace Rufray, with audio production by Adair Shepherd and theme music composed by Simon Beaton. See you next week.